You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, Braden Harrington here. Well, this is a dated show. This is a best match ever from last year, 2021, Shark Week. But we thought we'd give it a freebie here on the main feed. But check us out, patreon.com slash up next, because we have so many best matches ever. We've recently done best match ever. Sean Waltman, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels. We've done rivalries, different match types, just like this one. And so much more. Go check us out. It's only 5 bucks for the North American tier. The beginning of the month is the best time to try us out. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a good shark week. And I'm not sure if anyone knows this, but sharks don't have bones. I mean, no, I've, I've said too much. Enjoy. here with Davey Portman for Up Next, the Patreon, and this is a best match ever. ever. Yeah, it's been a minute, I feel like. Uh, we did one last month. Did we? Jerry we Lynn, do one every Lynn. month. Yeah, yeah. What we was it? Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Lynn. It's like, um, yeah, it's Shark Week. It's Shark, shark week. week. Rage is on. Dun, dun, dun. Um, 
how, how much? Shark you? facts. Yeah, you got some? Sharks don't have bones. Oh, I know. That was the first one that came up on Google, right? <laughs> just quickly. You don't even have to click a link. They just give you the top ten things already. I didn't Aren't know. teeth bones? I, I think so. Uh, I don't know. And wasn't that video we were just watching on sharks being like, sharks have loads of teeth. So therefore... So contradictory. Yeah, well... But sharks are great. Yeah, so we're learning so much about sharks. I mean, this one time, uh, this facility tried to make sharks have bigger brains and it didn't really work out it didn't work out so we talked all about that don't try and (laughs) stop alzheimer's guys yeah it doesn't work out well especially with sharks don't don't like try to make smarter sharks no is what we learned from this true story of deep blue sea Mm. from 1999 which we did the review of to kick off shark week oh yeah have you have you caught up and have you watched shark's tale yet have you done anything i I really haven't had a chance to do have you beaten anyone at pool lately at pool? You'd be like a pool shark. Oh, is that what you're called? If you're good at pool? Yeah, if you hustle someone, we you're a pool shark. Wait, where are we playing pool? I don't know. Should we get a pool Not table? until Friday. We can fit one in our place. After Friday, we can play pool and go to the Rippers. It's all good. <laughs> Everything over. I'm going to a fucking rave on Friday. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so have you have you done any shark things? You're going to... You, it starts now. It's it, We're currently in shark We're week. in shark week. We're so, in the midst of shark week. Yeah. Uh, not today, but I've got... Uh, we've got a bit of time... Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, on yeah. Tuesday, actually, yeah. uh, pre-NXT, pre-hopefully Gargano becoming two-time NXT champion. Yeah. We'll see. By the time you're listening um, to this. But we've got some time yeah. tomorrow before we do our top five show. Uh, so I might, I don't know, watch a shark watch style. Shark We've been stuff. bumping Ludacris quite a lot. Ludacris. LL Cool J. LL Cool J. <laughs> Ludacris is in Fast and Furious. That's right, yeah. <laughs> LL Cool J is the one in this movie that, uh, sorry, in Deep Blue Sea. Which is great. I hopefully everyone's looked up. My since. hat is like a shark. Yeah, spin. yeah. What Not a great like a shark's song. cage. My hat is like a shark's cage. Yeah, that'd be even sick. There should be a rap song called like, shark, is like cage. Shark, cage. shark Cage. Yeah, that's what we're here to talk about because we're such weirdos that we thought, how can we celebrate Shark Week? And, and we're wrestling fans. How does sharks tie in to wrestling? Well, we talked about piranhas. We have on the best match ever with Damian. Piranhas Abraham. aren't sharks. No, they're not. So we have looked up. The FMW has had shark matches. Apparently. They have. Okay. But it didn't look as good as that piranha thing. Mm. That was just straight up nasty. But there's the next best thing. Shark, shark cage. Cage. Yeah. Match. Like, we have this show, Best Match Ever. Uh, welcome any new patrons if this is your first Best Match Ever. What, we, a, what a first one to start off. Oh, absolutely. Off. Not we, Misawa, any of those ones, no. We go back and we look at some of the, the greatest matches in wrestling <laughs> history. And when you think of match stipulations, because we've done Best Match Ever, Hell in a Cell. Yeah. We've done Best Match Ever... TLC. That's right. Um, we've done all these kind of match stipulations. And, and to me, when I think of great wrestling stipulations, there's one thing that sticks out. The shark cage. It's um, true. It's the thing everyone gets excited about when they announce. And you know, you will be locked in a shark cage. Everyone loses their mind. Of course. Um, so we thought we'd go back and look at some of the greatest shark cage matches in history. Yeah. How excited were you for this show? Wow, I was so excited. Uh, I'm glad you dug up the list to find them. I could think of a few. Mm. So that, that the ones I had in my head, you've also chosen. But the, the list is posted on the Patreon mm. feedback thread, guys. We always post the, what we're going to review for these shows. Uh, and they're all like on the network or on YouTube and stuff. Uh, but an interesting gimmick. Uh, to me, in the eras that we've talked about it, it's like it's, you definitely was like, let's bring this back to sell a toy mm. that you could make a shark cage. It's weird that, like, it sounds more scary than it does. A shark cage. So, therefore, in wrestling, I want to see a shark. I need to see a shark, but it has nothing. It's just the cage. It's just the cage. It's the cage that they use to go 
diving and use so sharks don't fucking eat you. So why not put a manager in the shark cage so therefore he can't interfere? The gimmick makes sense because... Um, does it? Well, yeah, it does. I mean, if you think of the idea of a cage match, the idea of a cage match is to keep everyone out. Yeah. But that's been ruined over years because yeah. everyone always gets in. Because they're not putting the shark The idea cage. is if you have a shark cage match, the, the manager is not only locked in this cage, but they're suspended above the ring. Right. Uh, so they can't interfere. And, well, we'll talk about ones where they do and ones where they don't and yeah. kind of what we prefer. But uh, on paper, the, the idea does make sense. And it is kind of the ultimate blow off uh, for some of these feuds. And some of them involve the wrestlers actually being in a cage as well on top of it. Yeah, yeah. There is some some weird things. I, I, I'm trying to look up like the history of why this was a thing. Uh, I found one that was... Something to do with um, big-time wrestling, and it's Chief Jay Strongbow versus Bulldog Don Kent. And this is a match where they actually fight in the cage match. Yes. In the shark cage. It's tiny. Yeah. It's so stupid. This one's had, like, <laughs> terrible ratings. It's so awful. It's just, you can't even, you're barely, you like... You're just in a How shark cage. Every, How can anything? you do anything? Yeah. It's just smacking their heads against the posts of it. It's so ridiculous. So that is something that goes like way back. But other than that, it's like some of the ones you found in that we're going to also talk about. It's like, why was this like such a, a, a gimmick that they still decided to like stick with you? We've covered one of the most prolific ones, I guess you could say. Yeah, and I kind of forgot it was even a shark cage match. Yeah, because it didn't matter. No, well... It did its job. Yeah. That was the thing. Sting and, like, and Ric Flair is what I we're think for me, and we'll get into it when we get into the matches, for me, the gimmick is sold by the manager, the person yeah. in there. The more ridiculous, scared of heights, claustrophobic, etc., etc., the manager is, the more fun this gimmick can be. Um, but we're going to go way, way back for our first match. Yeah, uh, It's Georgia Championship Wrestling at the Omni Coliseum. 23rd of October, 1983. And this one, I don't know if you're aware, this is called The Last Battle of Atlanta. It's Tommy Rich versus Buzz Sawyer. And this is credited as the predecessor to Hell in a Cell. And this was actually kind of known as a lost holy grail of a match. Right. For years and years, there was no footage of this match. There were just some photos. Uh, WWE actually credit this match for uh, the mm. idea of Hell in a Cell. And it's all because of a shark cage. Because it's, it's Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer uh, in, this, uh, in this cage. With, with a top. With a top. It's a, it's a cell. It's not as wide as the yeah. cell, but uh, it's a cell. And uh, someone we talk about uh, or have talked about quite a bit um, on Up Next, Paul Ellering, who we're actually going to get to later in the show as well. That's right is the manager suspended above the ring, well, above the cage, yeah. in a shark cage. And the gimmick here is if uh, Buzz Sawyer, who Paul Ellering manages, if he loses the match, uh, Paul Ellering must immediately face Ole Anderson inside this cell-like structure. That's right, that's what we'll call it. A cell-like <laughs> structure. Um, 
Yeah, uh, I know Tommy Rich is one of your favorite wrestlers of all time. Tommy Wildfire Rich is just the great... No, uh, I, I love when we kind of watch this. Again, if you have listened to some of our best match ever, it was the Ric Flair Steamboat one. We watched a few that were like fan mm. camera stuff. And this this is one of those instances where this is on YouTube. And you, you can tell it, it, it fits that. If you look at the YouTube comments on this, uh, it's like all these people are like, oh, I was looking for this for so long. Or I was here. Or like, oh, man, like, wish I always heard about I this. I wonder where it, like, how it shows up. Yeah. Is someone just, like, going through their VHS collection and they're like, oh, uh, film this. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's, it's odd because it wasn't, um, I think it was around, was it 2016 this came about? Um, there's a whole Wikipedia on this. Uh, on just this, this match, match yeah. uh, because it was such a lost match and people were trying to find it for a long time. And I believe if you dig hard enough, I watched this on YouTube like yeah. I think you did, it is available on the network. Interesting. Um, it's within like the WCW section, I believe. Okay. Um, but it's it's kind of very much buried there. Interesting. Well, it, it's, it reminds me, we did it, we did a, what did we do? An I Quit or something where there's two guys in a cage. It was very violent. We've talked about it. It was War Games or something. I, I'm not sure. It was a one-on-one. I think it was Tully. Was it? Yeah, Tully Blanchard and uh, uh, who was Magnum, it? Magnum. Magnum TA? I think yes. so. That, it, it's kind of similar. It's like these guys are just locked in the cage and it's like, yeah, this is what it, like, this is, 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 manly men wrestling in a cage and they're fucking bleeding and stuff mm. and this is a fam camera and you can see like there's blood like, oh yeah you can see the blood yeah um well let's get into the match uh sawyer starts uh working the arm of rich pretty early and i'm pretty sure uh again there's no commentary and it's very grainy and old i'm pretty sure he starts biting his head so tommy rich is bleeding from the head very early tommy rich who's the baby face in this just knees him in the balls uh, quite a few times. Ah, it's in the cell. He hits a couple of low blows, and then uh, Buzz Sawyer comes back by poking him in the eye. Uh, Rich is already just a, a bloody mess. Um, but he starts to fight back with a kick to the face and then just this knee across the face of Buzz Sawyer and then hits uh, a nice-looking sit-out pile driver. Now, in this match, there's no referee in the ring. They're kind of on the outside, and to win, it's either by not answering the 10 count or pinfall. So as soon as this sit-out pile driver is hit... Their pile drivers are, are is one of the best moves. No wonder it's yeah. banned, though. Like It's the sit-out. It looks nasty. I love it. The ref starts to, to count, and then uh, Sawyer comes back and hits this nastier-looking sit-out pile yeah. driver. Like, he really, like, kind of struggles to get him up. You know who, like, and then just drops him. Terry Funk, right? He always just, like, kind of just, like, falls back. Yeah. Sometimes Mick Foley lifts the guy and then, like, drops. But you could see why it's a banned move, but people in, like, AEW seem to do it just fine. So. Oh, it's only banned in WWE. That's right, yeah. Um, apart from... Uh, Destroy is fine. <laughs> but, yeah, sit-out yeah. pile driver, no, Looks no. And this is, this is, there's more biting, too. There's more biting from both of them. Now they're both bleeding... Um, Sawyer sets Rich against the cage and leaps at him, but Rich moves out the way, so he goes crashing yeah. into the cell wall. And this was like a, a big spot here. Like this is something we see in all cage matches, yeah. all cell matches. But the crowd like really reacted to this. They popped pretty big. Uh, now Rich is coming back by just throwing uh, Sawyer against every side of the cell and. Throws him once more, one more big throw, head first into the cell, but Tommy Rich collapses as well. So both are on the mat. The ref starts to count, and Rich slowly crawls over, 
drapes his arm over Buzz Sawyer. Not this way. One, two, three, and you just mentioned Mick Foley, but Buzz Sawyer does the Mick Foley very light leg kick just after the three. Oh. It's not like a kick out after three. It's just trying. Oh, I'm trying, uh, which I always love because it looks like you're Dead. exhausted and you can't answer the the pin. So 12 minutes, six seconds, Tommy Rich wins this shark cage match, which means poor Paul Ellering is going to get beaten up by Owens. Oh, no, not Paul Ellering. Uh, after the match, they actually really sell the brutality of it because Ellering is checking on Sawyer. And he runs in. Great he acting. He runs in and is trying to like lift him up and his whole body is just limp. Yeah. And then Oli comes in in... Just his shirt. He's wearing what Brock Anderson wore just the under, other yeah, week, isn't yeah. he? The sh- polo shirt tucked in. He's like, ah, it's time to beat you up and just starts punching him in the head and elbowing him. Um, yeah, and then it just becomes like a fight where he's just... He's just killing. <laughs> yeah, just it's, killing not, it's not really him. a match. <laughs> uh, but he's out of the shark cage, so yeah. we not, don't need to talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, but what did you think? Like, I, I can't say I've ever seen any of these two guys, but it, it's yeah. always cool seeing... Uh, something way back like this and and have it credited as the predecessor of um hell in a cell uh yeah it's like the cage gimmick is where you have to escape so that's always kind of like well that's lame you mm. want to you want to see two people stuck in a cage and fight when you watch fighting things all around the world there's always two people stuck mm. in the cage stuck in the octagon uh so the cage and wrestling with the thing on top helps Obviously, when we get to like Undertaker and stuff where he's throwing people off it, that's where your expectations are going to... Mm. That's why you'll never have as good a Hell in a Cell anymore because they just will never be... They got to think of something... They, they're not as violent even as this. It's just literally two guys like throwing each other around. So, yeah, it actually is, is, was quite entertaining and, and quite a, a nice hidden gem in like the world of wrestling because, yeah, the, the predecessor to Hell in a Cell... And these guys are doing the pile drivers. It's 1983. I don't know. There was a pretty good story. I was definitely interested. It's it's very basic yeah, from a move point of view, but uh, I'm with you. It's it's two guys locked in a cage fighting, and the the selling from both guys. I loved how, uh, and I actually quite liked that the ref was doing the ten count all the time because it did make it did kind of sell for me uh, the exhaustion and how physical the match was said we see people going face first into a cage all the time should there be a cage match where it's if you climb out you lose you're you're leaving well that, that should be that's how uh they do war games in nxt yeah like if you leave you, like, you're you done. lose if you escape the cage. yeah that's how it should be you give up because you're running away so like that makes more sense. they only introduce the because it always used to be just pinfall or knockout or yeah. submission and they introduce the escape thing later as a way to oh no they did it no they did it with the the biggest cage match is uh brett versus owen mm. five stars from Meltzer, and it's like the whole gimmick of it was you got to escape so they mm. keep trying to escape and like that was like one of the like early times in wwf obviously but oh i'm talking like way before that like yeah the cage has been around for yeah a yeah yeah and yeah. it always used to be to contain them and then you pin and they've done it as a way it's it's a way of having a cheap win where you can protect the baby face. Like how many times have we seen the heel just like fall out of the door or get dragged down right. and therefore your baby face you're trying to protect isn't eating a pin, but they lose the match. And it's yeah. it's just no, okay, it should be a blow off and I want to see the best person win and it should be should like this. Pinfall. These guys like hated this. each other. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was clear they hated each other. Both looked exhausted and destroyed. And Paul Ellering in that shark cage. Poor Paul. 
He loves those shark cages, that mm. Paul. We'll talk about more about him. Uh, what did you give this match? Uh, well, if we're rating it out of five stars, but I mean, it's sh- we got to talk about sharks. Are we talking like a five stars like the Megalodon? Four stars of Great White. Three stars of Hammerhead. Two's a Mako, and then one's like, what's the shittiest? Like, I don't know. You've only named two. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's the like tiniest little sharks that you can get in your your thing. One star's uh, just a dolphin. <laughs> no, we talk about dolphins. They're sketchy. They're, they're, they're more. There's seven stars in the in the Pacific. What about uh, shark teeth instead of instead of stars. Yeah, five shark teeth. Mm. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I I'd say this one's definitely. I mean, it's the first one where the guy's like mm. in the in the thing. So honestly, like I was super entertained, and I would say definitely check out this like little piece of wrestling history. Is it a five star wrestling match? Like, no, it's it's not. And wrestling's moved on. But I definitely got into it. So. I don't know, like a th- I'm in between saying a three and like a four, just because I, I did think it was cool to to see this fan thing. It was quite interesting. Obviously, like kind of reading a bit of buzz about it gets you mm. more hyped for it. So I definitely had that feeling. But watching it was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. So I'm I'm around that. Like, there, like you said, there's a lot of just them beating, punching, and stuff too. So yeah. it's like there is some good wrestling, but then the story and the whole violence is is there. I went with a three as well. Yeah. I'm with you. They really sold the violence of it. Uh, just the way it's shot, unfortunately, um, if this was shot today, you'd get way more. You'd get close-ups of Paul Ellering in that shark cage looking fearful because he's going to, like, uh, the added stipulation after. And you don't really get any of that. Like, you've, you kind of forget he's there once the match starts. Um, so as far as a shark cage match goes, it kind of pulls it back a little bit for me. But, yeah, I'd say I'd have probably gone higher in 1983 but For in sure. 2021 it's a three star yeah so it's uh three shark three teeth. shark teeth or uh what did i say hammerhead a hammer it's, it's a, a hammerhead, hammerhead match yeah, all right yeah. let's go for a yeah. maybe the teeth are like the the point point five something like that. <laughs> yeah um, sure it's a hammerhead with like no teeth yeah sure yeah. um the next shark cage match we mentioned it off the top we actually covered in our clash of the champions one review uh from last year which i completely forgot we covered the show yeah um we did a whole clash of champions and we based it around because we low-key got invested in we we were just talking to jesse from the six friend mm. of the show who we're gonna have on for a show in the near future we talked about how we did the rick flair steamboat feud mm. and we were like holy shit yeah still holds up it's amazing but then it ends off with the terry funk thing and we were like all right we got to do terry funk because terry funk's lit and we watched Terry Funk and Ric Flair, and we're like, holy shit, like, this is great. And then we spiraled off to watch, like, all these other things. So we spiraled off into... It, it must have been when WWE were doing Clash of Champions. Yeah, so yeah. So we did the first So one. we were like, oh, we w- well, we watched Ric Flair versus all these other people. Why don't we pick one with him and Sting, the famous one? So we did it. And, well, I mean, we've already talked about it. And if we're talking about giving shark cage matches the... The reviews. I mean, this one's instantly a Meg because it's got Jason Hervey uh, not in the shark cage. <laughs> no, in the, unfortunately not. He's a judge. Yeah. Um, so, I love this match. I know we've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go like hold for hold, but because um, we have go back to our Clash of Champions review to listen to it. I forgot this was a shark cage match. Me too. And uh, again, for me, it's it kind of maybe brings it down a bit. Uh, JJ Dillon uh, who's obviously the the Four Horsemen manager and with Ric Flair. We're talking about Ric Flair versus Sting, by the way. Yeah. We haven't said that. Uh, Ra- uh, Clash of Champions Clash from 1990. Clash of Champions won. Oh, yeah. March 27th, 1988. 88. Um, it's, so this is one of the TV specials. Um, so it goes to a 45-minute 
Broadway and therefore goes to the judges' scores and where Ric Flair is voted the winner. I'm pretty sure. Who was the, the female judge? Um, Patty Mullen, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Frankenhooker. Yeah. She's just like, oh, I like that Ric Flair. So he's won the match. Um, but it's uh, such a hot crowd for this. Um, J.J. Dillon's in the shark cage. I don't think you get enough of J.J. Dillon in the shark cage. Yeah. Uh, again, I completely forgot this was a shark cage match, and we covered this less than a year ago. Right. Um, By default, it's probably literally the best match, because it's an awesome match, and we've talked about it. It is but an it awesome match. it doesn't fit this gimmick as well as we want it to. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely does the job of keeping J.J. Dillon out of the match. But yeah. I need I its... Some shots yeah. of him up there. I needed some selling. If you're not giving me a shark, yeah. I need to see the shark cage be utilized. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember liking this match. And uh, I'm pretty sure Jason Herbie did too. So, yeah. I mean, that's what really matters. I, I, I rewatched this one this morning and I kind of had the same uh, criticisms of it from the first time round. It's, it's quite repetitive. It's Ric Flair gets on top. He does something a bit dirty and then Sting no-sells it and powers up and starts beating him up as Flair's cowering away and then repeat that 10 minutes later, mm-hmm. repeat that 10 minutes later. The crowd made this match so exciting. Though. For sure. They're yeah. on, on top of like every single move either guy does. They're going crazy for it. Um, and I, I went back to look what I, I gave it first time around and I kind of a- agree. I, I went four star. And I'm I'm sticking with that. Uh, Meltzer loves this match, four point seven five. Yeah, I'm probably around the same. I think four point seven five. I think that's what I gave it in, on our show, or like a four and a half. Because mm. uh, it's I, I definitely I love all these Rick. I'm a big yeah. Ric Flair fan, and I love all his matches. But if you want me to pick, it would go. I love his stuff with Steamboat. I love his stuff with uh, Terry Funk, and then it would be probably Sting under underneath yeah. that. But. Uh, Still a good match, but yeah, it didn't quite. It doesn't have quite the the shark cage. I, I think the thing is as well with you watch hour long matches now, and obviously we got spoiled by that Omega Okada series. Um, there are beats to the match, and like every moment is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this one for me just does go back to the well a bit, and I have found that with a few Ric Flair matches for sure. For sure. Uh, Definitely with the Steamboat ones as well. Yeah, but it's yeah. just how wrestling's evolved sure. over time. Um, yeah, cage match in 8.74. So definitely one of the higher matches we're talking about. But I, I recommend going back um, to you, our archives and yeah, listening yeah. to our Clash of the Champions 1 review. Because Jason Hervey and Frankenhooker. Oh, yeah. We listen, didn't even... listen to our Frankenhooker review as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a th- that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to our next Shark Cage match. Mm, oh, same year. Yeah, is it? Great American Bash, 1988. Uh, yeah, featuring your favorite wrestling personality of all time. Oh, yeah, my favorite. Jim Cornette. Yeah, you love him. Um, so what sucked is we're going to talk about uh, the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette taking on the Fantastics for the U.S. Tag Team Championship at the Baltimore Arena on the 10th of July, 1988. So just a couple of months after the uh, Flair Sting match. Um what sucked is when I looked this up on the network, there are two great American bashes from 1988. Oh. And one, I believe, is a house show because there's zero commentary. And that was the one I watched first. Oh. And it was a bunkhouse stampede match okay. between these two teams yeah. for the US title. Um, and I'm waiting. And it's like, all right, so when is, when is Cornette going in the shark cage? 
watched the whole match. No shark cage. I was like, have I put the wrong oh, no. wrong match down? So I watched this match twice. Um, but yeah, Jim Cornette's also uh, wrestling in that match. It, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so the Fantastics are going into this as the champions. Uh, Cornette is going to be locked in the cage. And not only is he going to be locked in a cage, he's going to be strapped into a straight jacket. And he's livid. He's livid. He's selling this so well. Uh, he's trying to bribe the ref. He's saying, I'll give you $10,000, $15,000. Just don't put me in there. And he's wearing this like fancy suit jacket as well. Um, and he's begging them to take care of it because his mom gave him this. Um, okay, I'm not a Cornette fan at all. He's great here. Uh, he's selling this gimmick of the shark cage. He's right. selling the fact that he's terrified. He's claustrophobic. He doesn't want to be raised above the ring. He wants to be there for his boys, for the U.S. tax. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've mentioned, like, I, I'm not super agreeing with Jim Cornette a lot lately. I have enjoyed him on Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I, I loved him in uh, when he was, like, doing stuff in, what, Ring of Honor, TNA and, and WCW and stuff. I, I yeah. thought he was always an annoying character that got over but yeah i i was i was liking him getting in the chair it's not even just in the shark cage they were like we don't even trust you so we're gonna put you in a straight, straight jacket, jacket which scares me more because i wouldn't want to be suspended yeah you're in the cage and like nothing's gonna happen but like you're in a straight jacket you can't do anything no so yeah kind of i don't want to be in a straight jacket full stop no that, that just sounds, like that doesn't hoisted sound above a ring yeah no uh and then he's he's chilling in the shark cage for this match which is yeah. probably good because He's further away from the such glow of all the blonde hair in this match. Oh, I, I struggle noting this. Who is who? Everyone in this is match. Bobby Eaton to me. Everyone's got the <laughs> blonde flow. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? How are you supposed to know who anyone is? The tag teams are matching their hair, and then they also have like the, the gear. And it's like, dude. Yeah. You're all trying to be Ric Flair. <laughs> My notes may be very inaccurate here because it's just like <laughs> Bobby Eaton and Bobby Fulton start things off. Uh, we do the leapfrog drop kick sequence, but Fulton actually catches uh, Eaton mid uh, leapfrog with a roll up for a one count. Uh, Fulton then is hitting a pair of head scissors followed by a big right hand. Now, both these teams are definitely by 1988 standards, very quick um, and kind of the US tag titles kind of more for the sort of secondary tag teams or, or I see it more as the... The wrestlers. The up-and-comers, like, not so much the heavyweights. Um, Stan Lane then tags in and is hitting a bunch of right hands. Uh, Fulton catches him with a baseball slide to the outside. Now Tommy Rogers comes in with a bunch of drop kicks. Um, I think it's... Uh, Lane goes for a superplex, but is locked, uh, knocked off. And Rogers follows up with a second rope crossed body. Yeah, look tight. Which looked really nice for a two-count. And... Stan Lane is selling this. He's looking a bit shook by this. Uh, Fulton then blind tags in, and the Fantastics hit a double backdrop onto Stan Lane. And then uh, there's this fun like bit of confusion where Eaton's charging at Lane, and Lane just kind of turns round and thinks it's one of the Fantastics, as you said, blonde hair flowing all round. So hits him with a backdrop, and then is like, oh no, that's my own tag partner. Um, and then the Fantastics start to do the, the strut, and wiggle their hips. The Ric Flair strut. Ric Flair strut. They have his hair and his strut. Oh, yeah. Love it. Um, Stan Lane then gets back into the match and starts delivering 
These big right hands followed by a swinging neck breaker to Rogers. There was a sweet bulldog too, where one guy was like in, holding a guy in a submission and the other guy like headlocks him and runs. Like you don't see that anymore where the guy's like really wrenching him and then a bulldog could be like... A proper bulldog. Yeah, a proper yeah. one could hurt someone. Nowadays it's kind of weak. weak. But. Uh, Lane goes for the pin, but Rogers' foot is on the ropes. Uh, Stan Lane has some really nice looking kicks. I noticed. Yeah, similar to the Neville one, like the spinning kick to the gut. Yes. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, he does that. Yeah, like there's kind of, yeah, lower like super kick. Which I'm like, things. all right, didn't expect. Yeah, it looked really nice. Uh, Eaton then applies a hammerlock on Rogers as Rogers is just really fighting to get free. Tommy Rogers definitely playing kind of the, uh, the baby face fighting from beneath because he's been beaten down for quite a mm. while here. He starts to fight back with an elbow and a clothesline. Eaton manages to tag in Lane, who comes back in with more of these beautiful-looking kicks to both of the Fantastics. Lane then applies uh, abdominal stretch, and being the heel that he is, is holding Bobby Eaton's oh. hand uh, for leverage on the outside. Uh, Rogers comes back with a, this sunset flip out of nowhere, but Eaton kicks out. We then get a like Matt Hardy-esque top rope it was. leg drop. It was. Um, uh. Uh, <laughs> And sells his back and his ass immediately. That move's got to hurt your butt. Oh, it, surely. Yeah. Uh, I used to do the long jump at school. Yeah. And I would always just land on my ass. And it would hurt. It would hurt. Your tailbone. Uh, the Midnight Express then hit their assisted splash, uh, kind of like, I don't know, Enzo and Cass used yeah, to Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I can't remember what they call it. Yeah. Uh, but Rogers actually gets his knees up. It's when the timekeeper announces 15 minutes has passed. And Rogers finally manages to make the tag to Bobby Fulton. Uh, Fulton does this similar to the spot we saw with the referee Sharma on NXT, where he's doing the the leapfrog, but the ref gets in the way, so the ref drops down as well. I thought you were going to say he was a zombie. No, (laughs) no. Um, And then Rogers accidentally takes out the ref with this kind of flying clothesline. And now Bobby Eaton... Wraps a chain around his fist, nails him with the chain, and then puts the chain like in his trunks. In his trunks. His balls. One, two, three. 16 minutes, 23 seconds. The Midnight Express win the tag, the US tag team titles. Um, After match, the Fantastics are complaining that that they used a chain. So, So the ref is checking both. Uh, Eaton and Lane, and they're like, no, he's got nothing there. And then they realize they hid it in the Fantastics gear, so it looks like they had it the whole time. Damn. Um, I I thought this was a pretty fun match. Well, after, I mean, Cornette gets lowered, and Mm. then he gets like... Oh, they give him 10 lashes, which I think was a stipulation to the match. Regardless, you just... Regardless. (laughs) No, no, it was if if the Fantastics win, he gets 10 lashes, but they were cheated anyway, so they're like, we're going to whip you. Yeah, okay, that made sense. Uh, Which might explain the straight jacket. Right, okay. Well, it might be like a little bit of padding there. Right, true. Yeah, that's true. It didn't look like it hurt that much. Mm. Uh, they tried to get it off him. Uh, overall, like, yeah, the match was pretty good. There was a lot of moves, like, super ahead of their time. This is, what, 1988? Mm. You said top rope leg drop. There were some pretty cool sidekicks. Like, some stuff that probably a lot of the other people on this show probably weren't doing. Because mm. um, I know this was this, after this, they set up for the Tower of Doom match, which is, like, Road Warriors, Steve Williams, all these people. And it's, like, yeah, like, some of those guys are good, but they're more so, like, the bigger, like, 
Steve Williams is lit, actually. But uh, <laughs> uh, like, like these guys seem like you're right. Like in today's world, like not so much your cruiserweights or something, but just like the the workhorses that actually do like wrestling stuff. I kind of feel AEW should have secondary tag titles, yeah, like the TNT Tag Championship, so you can have like your your the TBS top, your tag top titles. flight, yeah, the TBS tag titles. Have your top flights, your acclaimed, the, that kind of level. Who realistically. They're not going to be the tag champions. They're right. not going to defeat the likes of the Bucks and FTR and those kind of things. But it gives them something to like fight for. It's stuff that can be defended on Dark, on Rampage, those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it would be a pretty good idea because they've got so many tag teams in AEW right now. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought this was pretty fun. Um, I'd give it kind of similar to like the last one. Uh, I thought it had more action though. Maybe I actually did like. Th- I, I was I thought the last one had less wrestling, but more of. Like which one the the uh, sorry not stinging thing but the, the, the yeah like this one was just a good wrestling match with Jim Cornette chilling in a thing so I'm gonna go like three stars I'm gonna go hammerhead on this one I I, I still went, liked it I went a hammerhead with three teeth here there I went three point seven five I I thought the match was really entertaining it was a really nice pace I think of the matches we've seen so far Cornette sold the gimmick of the shark cage yes uh, really well. Uh, you wanted to see him get his ass kicked at the end and whipped. Um, yeah, I think Stan Lane's kicks, like, that was something that stood out to me, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Meltzer gave it a four star. Uh, Cage, so he went uh, great white. He went great white. And uh, Cage Match gave it a 7.60. Okay, mm. yeah. Interesting. We go to Clash of the Champions 20. The day before my third birthday. Is this 1992? This is September 2nd, 1992, from the Center Stage Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. It's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Steve Austin with Paul E. Dangerously in a shark cage. And it's for the television title. Oh, boy. Uh, Recently, we we have a little group chat with some friends, and uh, someone brought up Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's WCW theme. Well, here he comes out to it. Wow. Underrated banger. Mm. It's totally trying to be like a Rocky song or something, mm. but it's amazing. And I was like vibing to it here. And Steve Austin's this like young blue chipper. Blonde. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but very technically sound, I thought. Yeah. Uh, cool. This was pretty cool. Um, and then Mark Miro. Yep. He's just there. Yep. Love Johnny B. Johnny Bad. Johnny B. Bad. Mark Miro. Uh Who's recently been doing uh, backflips at his cottage? He's like, oh, living, yeah? he's living life. Nice, he's smi- good for, smiles. Good for Mark Miro. I like Mark Miro. Yeah, um, yeah. He accompanies this eleven-year-old uh, who comes to the ring and butchers the national anthem. Oh yeah, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, at this point, I was rolling a joint and I was like, wait, what's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Bless her. Someone's strangling the shark yeah, this... tonight. <laughs> Do you remember when? Uh, AEW haven't had anyone sing the national anthem. They had downstairs since... shit to bed, dude. No, do you remember they had like that family? They had like a mom and dad and fuck? two daughters just murder the national Sounds anthem, weird. and they've never done it since. It was one of their first pay per views, oh. double or nothing. They or learned their like that. they learned their horrible. lesson. Horrible downstairs. Yeah, they got them from the same place. They got their explosions. I think. Um, <laughs> I've got it in my notes. Okay, she gets a bit better when she gets a bit sassy with it. Oh, American! Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have preferred seeing Mark Miro do it. Yeah, <laughs> or Paul <laughs> together. 
So uh, he'll be like, "Hey, Paul, how's uh, uh, you know my friend?" Well, 1992, Paul Heyman's here, mm-hmm. Mark Miro's here, and Paul is like, "Just you wait, Mark Miro. One of my friends oh, yeah. is probably six years old or some yeah. shit. It's gonna ruin your life." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you'll be okay about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him. What yeah. a guy. Yeah, we love him. Um, Paul, Hay- sorry, Paulie, dangerously. That's right. Uh, let's let's be on brand here. Yeah, uh, is physically forced into the cage. He really doesn't want to be in there. He's got his phone. He's though. got his phone. He can always phone for help. So you're fine. You could call people. Yeah. Um, Steve Austin here wearing black with like these red striped stripes on the front of his trunks with white boots. A bit of a different look for for Austin. Well, here. he also has hair. He has his blonde hair <laughs> as well. Uh, Dragon's ribs are all taped up, so he's selling the ribs going into this match. But he's always looking good too, Ricky the Dragon. Yeah, he just still looks good today. Yeah, he he always looks good to be honest, Ricky. He's someone you you got you appreciate when you watch his wrestling. Oh yeah. Um, the match starts when we get these great looking chops from uh, Ricky, followed by these headlock takedowns, and like Steamboat is something I, it's like you said about the Bulldog in the last match, like a headlock take, takedown is such a basic thing we see all the time here but if they're so tight and snug when he does them like it does look like it would hurt uh austin manages to break free from these uh headlocks and drops an elbow um dragon is then yelling up to to paul <laughs> in the rafters there going i'm better paulie i'm better dragon goes for the headlock again but austin now pulls his hair to get out of it uh austin goes for what looks like this kind of belly-to-belly suplex off the second rope, but just launches Dragon, like, face-first to the mat. Yeah. So his chest, his stomach, his ribs go crashing to the floor. Yeah, Steve, Steve Austin shows he's pretty technically sound. Mm. He's actually pretty fast here. He's really, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, there are then these rib, like, side backbreakers from Austin. Oh, huge. Remind me of AJ Styles, Kenny Omega. But they both do like huge high angle backbreakers. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like Austin's like, like kind of killing it here. Yeah. Uh, Austin keeps on going for pin attempts, but is getting frustrated as Dragon keeps kicking out, and the crowd start getting behind Steamboat, chanting Ooh. Steamboat, Steamboat. We get this great looking clothesline from Austin, and now he's ripped the rib tape off and applies this abdominal stretch. And as he's doing it, he's Digging the elbow into the ribs. He's clawing with his fingers. Looks really painful. Austin then charges at Ricky, but gets countered and thrown back to the mat. Dragon is now firing up with these chops. He hits crossbody off the second rope, but Austin rolls it through with a pin attempt for a two count. Austin then goes for a drop kick of his own, but gets blocked and then catapulted into the turnbuckle for a two count from Dragon. Um, Austin then attempts the dirty pin by putting his feet on the ropes. Mm. And then Ricky goes for a tombstone <laughs> pile driver. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, one of his signature moves. Austin counters it into a tombstone of his own, but Ricky then like reverses that once again and hits the tombstone. Looked nice. Looked really nice. Looked sick. But Austin kicked ah. out of a tombstone in 1992. That's right, ahead of his time. Yeah. Uh, Dragon is then sent face first into the turnbuckle and Austin uses the tights for a two count. Dragon then knocks Austin off the turnbuckle 
goes for a double axe handle, my least favorite move in wrestling, <laughs> but gets struck in the ribs. Uh, Steamboat then skins the cat, but Austin follows up with this stiff back elbow, and then Dragon falls to the outside, crawls under the ring, comes out the other side, climbs to the top, and hits a top rope crossbody. Just like tricking him, essentially. Yeah. Scoring the pinfall in 10 minutes, 43 seconds. Damn, yeah. Stone Cold, I mean, sorry, Steve Austin looks pretty fast and young and a totally different character than what we're used to. But Steamboat's still Steamboat. So there, there, was, there was some pretty cool chemistry in like the countering and the back and forth. I kind of got into it. It didn't have much interaction with the shark cage in this no. one, really. So it really could have just been... An, there was no need for this gimmick at all, but they, they did it. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel... Unless you're gonna do, like, unless you're gonna do like Cornette was doing, and Paulie was like selling it, getting into yeah. the cage, but unless you're either gonna have shenanigans or like over the top selling, just do the manager's bar from ringside. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so, but it's still the, the wrestling was definitely here for for these two, and the tombstone was crazy. Uh, I I'd say I, I again probably like a. a three here because i like i liked it but it didn't necessarily get up to like anything that really blew me away but it was definitely interesting to see steve austin and ricky in 1992 so yeah yeah i i love the the pace of this match for for like a 1992 match it was pretty quick uh and i always like watching austin kind of pre stone cold because it's it's so different from how i remember austin and as you kept mentioning he's so technically sound and obviously the the injuries he really changed his style and became brawler but here he's uh doing drop kicks and and like chain wrestling with ricky and stuff yeah um yeah i I went at three and a half i i enjoyed it i'm with you i could have done with some more paulie um always more paulie he had his phone he should have called someone yeah cool for help the, the the what was his team uh, the, Dangerous Alliance. He had this. Well, yeah, but he had the who do you have in WCW? The Samoan. Uh, the who was it? The Hit Squad or something? Okay. Who did he have in? Yeah, something like that. He could have been calling them. That could have been part of it. This was Dangerous Alliance, though. Was it? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's okay. Why he's with Austin. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just. It would have been a funny shot if he was like, "Yo," because <laughs> they did Come have. Help. Yeah, it's just funny. Get the controller for this yeah. <laughs> thing. Uh, Meltzer gave this a three point two five, so he's in between us two. Uh, cage match have it at the six point eight eight. Nice. Let's let's change uh, let's change territories here, shall we? That's right. Let's go to New York. Let's go to New York. <laughs> let's go to the WWF. Actually, we're going to go to the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina again. Again. Oh wait, is this the same place from earlier? No, no. It is. Yeah, we're we're in Greensboro a lot yeah. on the show. April twenty sixth, ninety eight. For the WWF European Championship. The most important title. The most important title. In WWF history. Owen Hart versus Triple H with China locked in a shark cage. Oh, yeah. This is great. This is the first Unforgiven. 1998. Uh, Wasn't there one year before? I searched it on it. I watched this on the network, and this was the first one they showed me. So, I mean, I think so. But, uh, yeah, this, this I didn't even remember. I don't even know if I've ever seen this match. I probably yes, have. Right. This is the first one. I probably have because I've watched all like things. So clearly, Vince was a big fan of the movie Unforgiven from 1992, with, mm. and wanted a pay per view named right after it. Uh, so they did that, and the poster's great with Undertaker. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is this is great. It's a shark cage match where they're like, "Yo, we don't trust China to bar her from ringside because mm. she'll just show at, she'll show up, 
So we need to we need to have her in a spot where we can see her in a shark cage. Yeah. <laughs> she was even at WrestleMania. These two had a match, and she was handcuffed to Commissioner Slaughter right. at the time. And at that point, she threw powder in his eyes and distracted Owen, <sighs> allow low blowing him even, <sighs> allowing Triple H to have the match. So obviously. Being handcuffed to slaughter didn't do anything. Right. Uh, so you need to put her in a shark cage. You need to put her in a shark cage, that's, yeah. That's what they're going to do here. Uh, she sells it great. That mm. She's like, what? And like they don't want to do it. They're like kind of not agreeing. And then finally she's like, yeah, all right. But uh, she keeps teasing the bars. Like, huh, I wonder if I could bend these. Break out of these bars. Uh, this is also, uh, obviously, WrestleMania was Sean's last match of, at the time. Uh, against Austin. So Triple H has just taken over DX uh, just 30 days ago and introduced X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws. So this is kind of his first pay-per-view in the the leader of DX. Got you, got you. Um, Someone in the crowd ahead of his time had a sign saying, Playboy needs China. Hmm. Hmm. When did she join? When did she do Playboy? She did Playboy in 2000, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wow, we have it. So, we had it on our set. Where is it? At the foresight. Oh, yeah. it's it's in uh, it's in storage right now. Wow, we got our China playbook. Got our chi- China playbook. Yeah, we got you. Fucking love China. So, Triple H is kissing China goodbye as she's in the cage. Oh. But Owen attacks him from behind and is throwing him around the ramp, throwing him into the cage. Uh, Triple H at one point is kind of disorientated and just throws a punch at absolutely nothing, which is kind of fun. Um, he's thrown against the cage once again, and then Owen hits a vertical suplex on the floor before going, suck it, and telling <laughs> China also to suck it. Nugget. The bell rings, and China starts to be raised, suspended. Uh, she's not above the ring, but like above the rampway. Yeah. Um, Owen ducks two clotheslines early, but then eats a high knee from Triple H. Uh, it's all Hunter at the beginning of the match as he's stump, stomping down. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Down on Owen in the corner. He hits the Ric Flair-esque knee across the face Mm. to Owen. Um, Triple H goes for a few pin attempts and then sends Owen sternum first into the turnbuckle like his brother Brett often takes. 
Uh, China, who's suspended in this shark cage above the ring, now pulls out a file out of her pants <laughs> and drops it into the ring. Oh. Um, I thought she was going to try and, like, file the, the, the bars, right? That's yeah. a, I mean, I don't know if that would work. Mm, okay. Um, but that's, like, the old school, like, breaking out <laughs> yeah, prison, prison and have a, have a file. Uh, Triple H keeps on going for this, like, reverse cravat submission. Dude, he's doing a dragon sleeper. He did it once. He had him in this hold. It's a dragon sleeper. And then he gets, Owen gets out of it. They, they go counter for counter. And then he tries to do it again. But it is then to reveal he's doing, like, the inverted suplex. Yeah. It's like where you have the guy in the dragon sleeper and lift. So I was like, yo, why does Triple H keep doing a dragon sleeper? I, I didn't think he applied it well. Well, he so, didn't. He, I, it the, looked like he was just trying to lift him. The problem was is, for me, like, you couldn't. Normally when you see, like, a dragon sleeper, like, yeah. at least the person applying it has their face up and is selling right. the move. Whereas he's, his, like, face is buried in Owen's chest. Right. You can't see Owen's face because he's got the arm around it. So it just just kind of looks shit because neither guy is able to sell yeah. the like the pain or the struggle applying this move. Submission expert, Triple H. He should keep to the, the death lock. I, I like a yeah, Triple yeah. H death the lock. The figure four. Or the figure four, yeah. Um, so China is now attempting to bend the bars of this shark cage. Yeah, great, great shot. Well, when, when Triple H eventually goes for that inverted thing, Owen counters for this German, which was fantastic, mm. and Triple H sold it great. And this is where China's like opening up the bars, and everyone's freaking out. So Owen's kind of distracted. So, but he still manages then hit another like belly to belly or yeah, something. Yeah, he hits these really nice suplexes. Yeah. There's like a belly to belly, hits an enziguri, a running heel kick, a sit out pile Hell driver yeah. pre uh, pre being banned. Yeah, and then a top rope elbow. But now. China has got out of the cage. But it's still 20 feet yeah, in the I air. Yeah, I don't know what she's thinking. Because now she's like, she's hanging onto this cage. Yeah. Which, as you said, probably like 20 feet up. She's trying to get down, but she's hanging. She's hanging. And then she's like, oh, I'm pretty high here. So, like, climbs back up. So now she's like, like, upside down, holding onto the bars <laughs> with, like, her feet <laughs> on the bars. And I'm like, what are you attempting here? <laughs> There's no padding underneath yeah. this. So real trust in her own strength here, yeah. being able to hold up her own weight. Really, um, really. I, I was it's actually an awesome visual though. I was gonna say the shot of her hanging is actually pretty awesome because, mm. like, yeah, she's got to be a beast to lift herself back oh, up, yeah. and she does. But wow, Triple H's leg then gets caught up in the ropes as China is. Still just hanging here, dangling. Uh, Owen hits a DDT followed by the sharpshooter. And now, new DX member Road Dog comes out Ugh. and starts to lower the cage. So Sergeant Slaughter runs out with Tim White as they're trying to get rid of China. Owen manages to counter a pedigree into a catapult, followed by a pedigree of his own. Owen Hart hits a pedigree. Owen Hart hits a pedigree when X Pac runs out with a fire extinguisher, causing Triple H to win in 12 minutes 38 seconds. Um, and Owen is pissed after the match. He goes, enough is enough. And this bullshit has to stop. That's right. So the shark cage didn't <sighs> prevent Triple H from going over here. Damn. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts of this? This was hella entertaining. Like Triple H gets his flack, but he definitely had a great run, especially in the 90s, 2000s. And Owen Hart is just a fantastic wrestler and a fantastic actor, I think, in the world of wrestling. And China with the 
didn't didn't make sense. Why mm. is she? What does she think she's going to attempt here to get? A, she almost was like, all right, if I can just slowly, maybe I can get my foot on the. It's like, no, you can't get out. You're not getting out. You, you're going to die if you fall. Like, you're, <laughs> what are you doing? And I thought though the shots where she's like swinging around and it's like distracting Owen, and then he gets beat up and all these distractions. Like wrestling's been doing this for years. Like <laughs> it's been a thing. Uh, but I can't say that like. I wasn't entertained because I thought the three main key parts was Triple H, Owen, and China, and they were they were pretty on point. I was really into it. I was into a lot of the moves, uh, even the the like the suplexes from Owen were on point. And Triple H is bigger, so he's taking these bumps, and it looked great. And the it had a lot of shark interaction, and that's what I was looking <laughs> for here. The shark cage interaction was at the peak because she's out of it and swinging and dangling, and it looks dangerous. I wonder how much she was meant to just drop and then was like, oh, no, this is too high. So they got Road Dog out there. Because <laughs> you could have still done China drops down, Tim White and Slaughter run out to yeah, get her out was and then high, X-Buck no. comes in. So I wonder if they thought uh, no, it, it wouldn't was be high. as high as that. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. But like a foot lower, she'd have been able to drop okay. No, I, I don't think so. No? no, 20 feet in the air. No, but your feet aren't that. Think you're then dangling. Think yeah. China's probably near six foot. Six for something as probably, well. That's yeah. still if it was in the ring, sure. But if mm. if no, I don't know. That sounds tough. But it, the visual was great. I really enjoyed this. I'd I'd give this out of all of them I watched. Like this one had some of the craziest stuff to do with an actual shark cage. Yeah, and that that's all to China because she yeah. was the one who's got to hang on, literally hang on there. I can't do that. No way. Uh, I I love this. I'm a big Owen fan too. Uh, I would give this a great white. What's that? Uh, uh, four a star. Four. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Um, I I agree with you about the shark cage stuff. I like. I need a bit of nonsense and shenanigans with my shark cage. It's only missing a shark. But um, I felt kind of the flow of the match was. It, I didn't feel that flow was there, and I think maybe because of the stuff with the cage. I also didn't feel the crowd were really into this at all. They were very quiet for the actual wrestling. When China stuff. spot happened, they China got spot it, yeah. they did, but they were sitting on their hands for most of this. Um, I didn't actually really like the match, uh, but I, I agree. I had fun with the shark stuff. Uh, I went a two and a half for this. So, so what it's is a, that? a Mako shark, Mako shark, and a few teeth, two teeth, a few tiger sharks. Um, I did like I, I like this X Pox fit here the what was it? adidas tracksuit with the classic dxt nice and the red headband is that what you're gonna rock bandana yeah maybe yeah maybe um this summer maybe <laughs> maybe more of a full yeah. autumn thing yeah that makes sense. Uh, Meltzer gave this a 2.75 uh anything on cage match uh no i couldn't this i couldn't find a score on cage match for this one it's just unforgiven it's just unforgivable uh that was it was a fun it was something it was fun and it was cool to uh see some people that are no wrestlers that are no longer with us in owen and and china and to kind of see some stuff that i wasn't super aware of uh, and have not watched in quite a long time there was uh i didn't uh put it on the list but i did just watch this morning when i had some time before work uh, Mankind versus The Undertaker from Survivor Series 1996 right. uh, in Madison Square Garden uh, with obviously Paul Bearer being Mankind's manager um, in, the, in the shark cage. And this came after Undertaker had been buried alive. So he came back, debuted the new like teardrop tattoo right. on his face. That means he killed someone. It means he killed someone. Comes Hopefully not a shark. Flying down to the ring with his big cape. Yeah. Um, 
but this it was kind of Undertaker debuting a bit more of a different wrestling side and it was really interesting to watch because in this whole match he's doing kind of the Pete Dunne working the fingers because mm. he's trying to get mankind to like he's trying to disable their hand the, claw. the mandible claw um, and actually it was uh, I didn't put it on the list because it only got a two and a quarter from Meltzer but I actually found this one a lot more enjoyable than the the Owen Triple H one and um, I mean Mankind Undertaker always had pretty good chemistry but definitely watching Undertaker then adopt this submission style and pre kind of him getting into MMA and becoming like the shooter right. taker it was quite interesting to watch so uh, I recommend maybe going and watching that one if that, you, if you need some more shark cages in your life. I mean, that poor Paul Bear, he was put in a shark cage. He was then put in like what a cement uh, mixer. What was that so, thing? Yeah. yeah, that wasn't quite a shark cage. No. So. Wow. I'm sure he was buried alive or set on yeah. fire as well. Probably. He was a hologram. Um, yeah, he was. He was a hologram. Bless him. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go to our neck of the woods. Yes. Uh, a show we were both at. This is true. But we didn't know each other. No. We're in the same building. We were just strangers in a room. And we're talking about the Air Canada Centre. That's right. Not the Scotiabank. Not the Scotiabank. It this wasn't is that yet. <laughs> Takeover Toronto 2016. And it's the Dusty Classic Final. AOP, Authors of Pain, taking on TM61 with Paul Ellering once again... All those years later, <laughs> locked in a cage and suspended above the ring. Uh, this is the the second uh, Dusty Classic uh, tournament we've had. Uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor winning the first one. Uh, TM61 having quite an impressive route to the final here, having beaten Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss, Austin Aries with Roderick Strong. Remember that? That, yeah. was, a, that was a thing. That's weird. Uh, and sanity, to, nice. and I'm pretty sure AOP just ate up everyone. To yeah, get to they're the undefeated. Uh, we get the ominous cell music as Ooh, the cage like is Jaws coming down. It is dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Um, slapjack, slapjack. Shane Thorne. You yeah. know, TM six one is a Pokemon. It is. Will of well, yeah, Will, Will of the Wisp. Wisp. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Classic so, up next there. Um, was there? What this guy eventually leaves, right? Nick Miller? Nick Miller is in New Japan. Right, that's right. right. Yeah. And Shane Thorne, I haven't seen him for a long time. Slapjack. Who? <laughs> Apparently he's dropping the name. Hopefully not the mask. I love the mask. Paper plate? Gotta to, got to sell that merch. That Shane. paper plate. Did yeah. they sell that? Uh, they, why not? No, I don't think so. They should have. It's a paper plate. That's what I want to wear for my first wrestling trip. Paper plate? Slapjack <laughs> paper plate on my face. Yeah. Uh... Akam charges at Miller like immediately and Miller hits this pretty nice snug looking forearm before tagging in Shane Thorne. We get a double drop kick from TM61 to Razor sending uh, both authors of pain to the outside. Miller follows up with this huge suicide dive which looked really nice. Not a, It wasn't a push one. He definitely went flying here. Elbow, forearm, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, Razor then gets Thorne up on his shoulders, and I, I don't really know what Razor was trying here. He was so he looks like he's gonna try to electric chair drop him off, off of it, off the so scaffold. He keeps climbing higher as he's trying to fight off his shoulders, so he's got him an electric chair. So we've got yeah this scaffolding uh, at ringside, similar to what we've got in the the CWC right now that yeah. we've seen people jump off of, and that is what is supporting 
the the shark cage hanging above the ring. So Razor is trying to like climb with Thorn on his shoulders here, but Thorn kicks him off and hits this like swan dive sent on off the scaffold. Insane. Onto AOP. Um, this and, really wakes the crowd up. Holy shit chance. Yeah, this definitely got... I remember being there. This was kind of like, ah, it's a cool match in the history of the shark cage, but like, why is this like takeover? Mm. And then this spot happens and everyone's like, all right, this is fucking nuts. Uh, and it's this spot still holds up. I don't think I've watched this match back. No, I, I haven't. This and and like the the spot off this is pretty fucking nuts. How do you not push this guy? This is Elix Skipper TNA. He does the crazy move off the cage thing. You're like, how do you not push this guy? He's sick. Well, you then have uh, the revive when DIY just coming out and being like, you want to see another yeah, tag this match? Is, this is fair. And no yeah. one remembers this yeah, match. This, this is very true. Very true. Uh, but there's holy shit chance the the crowd like really get into this spot. This shows me that Shane Thorne should have been more than just slapjack. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Razor then does this like pretty cool. It's a classic leg sweep as Thorn's on the apron, but the way Thorn sells this, he turns inside out, pretty much lands head first on the apron here. He sells it though. It's he looks he blocks really it. good. It's a Kota Ibushi spot. Mm. Like it's yeah. totally what he's doing. Um, yeah, I will. I, I've I, we haven't really talked about AOP in a long time because they've been. Are they in WWE anymore? No, both released. Yeah, a long time ago. I feel mm. like right. Uh, yeah, not big fans. And you could watching this back. You, I'm gonna say that it's totally TM61 doing all the heavy lifting, mm. doing everything that is good in this match. And then it's the like, like yeah. it's literally them doing all the selling. They're getting beaten up, and then all the like moves that they're doing is them doing like they're doing like some crazy stuff. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, Ellering is now in the cage, just like yelling down instructions and. Akum is just looking up there He's like, like what? Yeah. what boss? What? What, 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 do I, what do I need I... to do? Oh, powerbomb. All right. Um, we then get this long headlock from Akum, I think. Because it's, it's like, all he can do. And it's like, come on. Uh, Akum then charges the corner, but Thorne is able to get out the ring and tag in Nick Miller. Miller hits a body slam um, on, I think it's Akum. Followed by a couple of suplexes. Exploders. Which, yeah, so impressive. For Nick Miller's not huge. Yeah. And AOP are pretty big guys. And what I like is each time he's doing it, he's kind of selling the lower back. Um, there's then this running, flying forearm from Miller. Kind of as as AOP are sort of down on the floor. He's like he's run kind of sliding Ds, but yeah. like diving. Love a good sliding D. Looks really good. We then get a moonsault to Razor. But he kicks out. Kurt Angle's like Moonsault. Yeah, it looked really nice. And then the Thunder Valley from TM61. Uh, how do you... It's like the... You both military press someone and then someone like you sit out with them. So you get they get dropped, but like kind of because you're lifting them up in the air. Uh, mm. I don't know. How. It looks cool. Uh, yeah. We then get a plancher from Miller. A slingshot sent onto the outside from Thorne. And then that dastardly Paul Ellering drops a chain down. From the cage to the ring. Razor tries to use it, but Thorne blocks it. And this thing goes flying into the crowd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've done some research to see who got hit by this chain. Apparently, it hit some people and they were like, ah, it didn't hurt that much. Okay. But like, how? It... I This reminded me, I did uh, a Clockwork Orange um, yeah. for one of my exams at school. Right. Um, like the, the play, one of our performance exams. And we started off with this big fight, like with the Droogs. My weapon was nunchucks, and because it was sweaty, because the stage lights and stuff, these nunchucks flew right out my hand, 
flew past the examiner's face and hit this girl in the audience. Oh my god! It bloodied her. Oh up. my god! Yeah, I still got an A plus. Wow. Um, well, I had blood. Yeah. You uh, gotta do. You color. gotta add color. You, you gotta, gotta do color. Yeah. Uh, Better be careful though. If you have color too close to a shark cage, it's gonna oh, attract no, a yeah. shark. No sharks <laughs> like that blood. Thorn, after this chain spot, tries a roll-up, but it's kicked out. And then Razor hits a pretty cool-looking one-handed spine buster, followed by the last chapter. And in 8 minutes, 20 seconds, AOP win. They're the Dusty Cup champions of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, like I kind of said, it's like it's TM61 doing all the cool stuff. There's a headlock from AOP. There's some power moves at the end, and then they hit their, what is it, the... Last chapter. But it's the side Russian leg sweep yep. with the clothesline. Yeah. Yeah. I like their other move, the collider, the, the power, bomb. power bomb one. Yeah, wouldn't that make, wasn't that more mm. vicious when you smack two guys at the backs and then dro- power bomb them? I always, mm. th- I always thought, I was like, well, why would you side Russian leg sweep? They, yeah, they kind of used both, but the last chapter was more their, yeah. their finish. Uh, oh, I, again, have not watched this back, and I still feel the same way I felt about it when it happened live and i was like hey that didn't need to be that fun and it kind of was it kind of banged uh but shout out nick miller shout out shane thorne yeah i i'm more familiar with shane thorne because he kind of stuck around a bit and had that little singles run in nxt nick miller really impressed me here as well he uh he looked really good here i i'm not as negative with you as with aop they're definitely green but I saw kind of the potential in them. This is NXT and this is still like, especially 2016, more of a developmental brand than it is now. And I think it's, is it Razor? Is the, is he the actual, the actual fighter? Yeah. One of them's like a killer. Razor definitely in this match was the one impressing me more. I don't know why that headlock was there from Aiken. Like this is an eight minute match on a takeover. Yeah. Why are you headlocks? Why are you slowing this down? Um, but I did think, I always thought they play quite a nice base for your like lighter teams, and honestly, like they, I did think they improved with their tag reign in NXT. Um, I don't know how like these guys are are made for the main roster. Yeah, like, I don't. I it baffles me how these two huge, scary-looking dudes. One of them is a legit fighter. Um, both they're not slow they're not lumbering big guys they both got some athleticism to them yeah and over time should improve doing like house show circuits and that kind of thing i don't understand why um wwe dropped the ball with them so early i'm not saying these are phenomenal like wrestlers but there's a place for a big tag team yeah well i i i I, to if you want to say how did they drop the ball i was like because they they did what they've been doing lately. Pull these people before they actually know how to wrestle. Yeah. Before you actually know how to work. These guys can't work. Like, you watch them four years later or whatever. I don't even remember when they got released. But, like, I tried. Oh, I watched, just, just a few months. Yeah, and I watched them. I'm like, well, they, they still suck. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. It was kind of the same with Braun for me. I'm like, Braun, this guy's huge when they signed this guy. I'm mm. like, this guy's NXT. Crazy. He was in NXT for so long. And then shows up on TV on NXT for, like, two seconds. And then it's like. And wait, no, didn't, I, did, I, I did just, he not even show I don't up on think TV? He wrestled on NXT. I don't even think he showed I up on TV. I just remember him as Adam Rose's. Yeah, like, Rose Bunny or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't saw him. He's like, yeah, this guy's got to be on the thing. And it's like you didn't even learn how to do shit. So it's like, yeah, uh, it, it shows for these guys. But this this still was a, a pretty cool match. That spot definitely stands out. Both teams were missed opportunity 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Tm six one. Tm six one. The mighty it was will just, kneel. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, was it our just, man kneel? The mighty won't kneel. <laughs> I think it was bad timing with them because they did have. Yeah. Was it Thorn who was injured? Yeah, someone got bit? hurt. And and like you had DIY and Revival killing it around this time. They they were lower down on the card when American Alpha were having their thing. Um, I think it was just kind of bad timing for them. Uh, Shane Thorne, I hope now, like the, the word on the street is they're kind of dropping the slapjack. reckoning name for Mia Yim and the Slapjack character for, uh, for Shane Thorne. I, I hope we see something else. Maybe just go back to NXT. I, I don't know. Cause both these guys are, are really good. Um, on, uh, I did think that dive should have come later. It felt yeah. very early on. I guess to get of, your attention. It kind of peaked early and didn't really hit that point again. Yeah. Um, and the chain didn't lead to the finish. Was that just a mistake? It could Because it looks like Thorne blocks it, but I feel like yeah. he should have maybe yeah, got sure. punched with it instead of I wasn't sure it if it was crowd. supposed to be, yeah. Because he sells it like he did block it. So he, he sells it like he blocks it. It looks like he goes to block it, but yeah. then... It, the the finish is, doesn't really involve the chain at all. It's like they think the last chapter is flashy move, but it's, mm. it's just not. Yeah. Uh, I went. What What was a three? Uh, uh, a uh, hammerhead. Hammerhead. That's yeah. what I gave this. Uh, a hammerhead, no teeth. I'll give a hammerhead and some teeth, just because that dive like is is pretty cool, and they they don't show that enough in like highlight. I guess they don't want to show Shane Thorne, but it's like yeah, six spot. Yeah, really. it is yeah. cool moment. Uh, and not- Ellering in a cage. Yeah, how was how was Ellering's cage? I liked thing? him in a cage. Me too. He's all black. I, liked I used it. to hate this guy. Oh, I know. Uh, and he did his job. He was hateable. And he drops... Of course he drops something down through the shark cage. Yeah. What a cheeky guy. I, I liked his kind of yelling instructions as yeah. well. Like still managing while he's up there. Um, and so he looked a little scared going up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Meltzer also gave this a hammerhead, a three-star. Nice. Cage match, it's a 6.25. Interesting. And that leads us to our final shark cage match, which came just a few months after this one. They, they wanted to make the most of that investment they made. In that shark cage. And push the toy. Yeah. Uh, it's the Royal Rumble, 29th of January, 2017. Do you remember the Alamo? Do you remember the Alamo? It's the Alamo Dome Universal Championship. Kevin Owens defending the title against Roman Reigns and Jericho, who's the US champion, uh, obviously Kevin Owens' best friend at this time, is put in the cage. Oh, what? Um, this whole like Owens-Jericho partnership story it was great. Yeah. I loved it. I loved their chemistry. Um, and, uh, well, yeah, we're, we're going to have Jericho in... What's so impressive of this one is the size of the Alamo Dome. So when you see Jericho suspended <laughs> up there, even though he's probably the same height as yeah, 20 feet you would be in any of the ma- other matches, but being in a dome, it yeah. looks so much cooler. As so well. he's above the ring. So therefore it's like he's 20 feet in the air still, but it's 13 feet from the, the ring because the ring's like yes. higher than, than it is. But wow. Uh, so he doesn't want, they, they, they have a plan that as soon as, they're going to try to put Jericho in the cage. They're going to quickly beat up Roman Reigns to get mm. the advantage. But it kind of backfires. Roman immediately like starts fighting back. Uh, he's throwing them both into the, into the shark cage. Uh, and then 
locks Jericho in there, and well, the cage starts to raise. And he's like beat up, and he's like, "No, what's going on?" No. Jericho's terrified. Is is scarf? He definitely watched Cornette. Yeah, I think. Yeah, going in this cage here. Uh, so they start brawling. It's a no DQ match, even mm. though uh, Jericho's not allowed to be involved. Um, so they're brawling through the the crowd. Uh, Roman uh, starts picking up, like you know the the barricades, like the the string pull out ones. Yeah, uh, the like metal post. He starts hitting uh, Kevin Owens with that. They're now on top of. Uh, they're like using the the like lid of the announce table, smashing each other with that. And then Owens brings out a load of steel chairs. He loves them. And stacks them up, uh, creating this tower of chairs at ringside. He hits his cannonball against the barricade to Roman. um, And then hits the frog splash off the turnbuckle through a table on the floor. This looked nuts. Great spot. Um, And then he picks up a steel chair and looks up at Jericho yelling, Chris, this is for you. As he smashes Roman across the back with the chair. Um, you can hear Jericho, like, yapping away. Oh, the whole like, match. Yeah. He's, he's just screaming. And you know his, like, shrill, yeah. like... Ah, ah, ah. Uh, there's a chair set up in the corner turnbuckle. Um, Roman runs into a super kick from Owens. And then is sent headfirst into this chair. And then Jericho, from all up in the air... Kevin! Drops down a pair of brass knuckles. He does it great. He holds against this dome arena. He holds it out and goes, Kevin, Kevin, and makes sure all of a sudden everyone realizes he's doing it. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens then uh, hits, like, does with the brass knucks the Roman Reigns Superman uh... punch pose, putting his fist on the ground, but Roman evades the Superman punch. He's then trying to pull the knucks off of Kevin Owens' fist but gets raked in the eyes, and then Owens hits the Superman punch, but only a two count. Rowan, uh, Roman then picks up Owens and hits a Samoan drop through a chair. This was sick. It's like a standing so sit-up chair, yeah. Um, and then there's a roll-up for two from Owens, but uh, Roman escapes. There's then a Superman punch from Roman for a two count, and then Owens hits, and this is pre-babyface Owens, he hits the Stone Cold Stunner. Right. This is before this was like a regular thing. Yeah. And looked a pretty nice stunner here, I thought. Uh, but Roman kicks out. Owens then gets, uh, is climbing the turnbuckle, but gets Superman punched off the turnbuckle, and he goes crashing through the Tower of Chairs Ouch. at ringside. This looked so painful. Then Roman clears the announce table, and even in 2017, I was surprised they still had the old school monitors not the ipads that they use now he power bombs owens through the announce table rolls him into the ring when well you just mentioned him a few minutes ago ron Strowman runs out i'm not finished with you yeah hits a choke slam onto the announce table i am the table <laughs> doesn't break and then a running power slam through a table in the corner of the ring and owens crawls over, drags himself onto Roman, and one, two, three, Owens retains the Universal Championship in 22 minutes, 55 seconds. That cheeky Braun, that cheeky Kev. Jericho gets dropped down. He's all happy for his boy winning. Yeah. 
What a celebration. Yeah. Wow. What a shark cage match. What a shark cage match. Yeah, I, I, I think I've watched this once when it happened, and I remember being, wow, they really want to sell a shark cage. Mm. They just really need to sell that toy that they were pushing. And so happened came out just before this match. That's like really Disney-esque yeah. thing. Star Wars, Batman thing we've talked about before. It's like, uh... Was this done organically or is it because we need to sell some I toys? I mean, Jericho had been interfering in like all of Owen's yeah, matches. Yeah, So it, it did kind of make sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked it just as much as I liked it before. It had your classic Roman spots, your Owen spots. They do cool stuff. Roman's got some cool moves, power bombs and all that stuff. The Simone drops. Owen's with the f- splashes. Like everything they do, they had good chemistry too uh, as well. And they yeah. had multiple matches before together. So... Uh, this one, like I remember, and I'm like, wouldn't it have been down going down as like an all time classic if maybe it was just a one on one match? Because these two probably could have delivered it. Here, I didn't hate it. I still like thought it had some really cool stuff that definitely got my attention. But it has this again, this stupid gimmick that's just like, all right, like it literally these these guys are actually really talented. And what I want, what I haven't got from Kevin Owens in WWE is just like straight up like the wrestling that he really like used to do. Mm. that I liked on the indies as Kevin Steen still hasn't like hit that for me. Yeah. He has, has his good matches with Roman and, and Sammy even, but mm. nothing's really like hit. Like what's the best, best match ever Kevin owns. What's that going to be other than those John Cena ones that you comes to mind. I would say Cena. I'd say Roman. I'd say Sammy. Right. Like that's, yeah. that's yeah. So I, mean, I, that's more than most. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a big Steen fan. I just, I feel like once he got to WWE, he became really WWE fight. I, I actually completely disagree. I think he's one of the only performers on that roster that whatever the match is, he gives it everything. He's good. He's great. Don't get he me wrong. He, like, sacrifices his body. He, you look at him, and he doesn't have a classic wrestling look at all. Right. Something that, like, something that Vince would go for. And I think, I think he knows that, and I think he feels he has to prove himself for sure. every time. Um I love his chemistry, Roman. Um, like, I, I think pretty much all their matches have been really good. Like yeah, they're, they're Kevin recent, Owens has good matches. It was really interesting watching this because we've kind of just finished their series of matches with That's Roman right, yeah. as the heel and Kevin Owens as the babyface. Um, I, this match kind of that we mentioned, um, like TM61 AOP getting overshadowed by DIY Revival. This one got overshadowed by AJ Styles' John Cena. That yeah. happened shortly after, which is a another awesome match. Right. And also, I think the Roman hate is very strong at this time. Uh, but watching back a bit removed, I I really enjoyed this. I think they, yeah, their chemistry. Both guys don't really care about hurting each other too much. They like they they lay it in pretty thick. Um, and I thought the the shark cage, as ridiculous as it is, it. It did make sense for me because Jericho had been interfering a lot and Jericho is someone like a Cornette who can sell this really well and the visual of it being in the Alamo Dome. I actually thought if, if yeah, it's it's to sell a toy, I thought this was a pretty good way to, to sell this toy. Um, I Yeah, I went, what, uh, I went a, a great white with one tooth, a 4.25. Wow, we are very different because yeah. this got a Mako with some teeth from me. This was my lowest, I think. Oh, really? From, from, from these ones. I, just, I, I watched this live, and again, mm. I, I like Kevin Owens. I like Roman Reigns. Just like, yeah, 
it was kind of the same way with their recent feud that you just mm. mentioned with the weird finish. It had a wonky finish. Something happened where he was stuck. Well, Kevin Owens won the match because yeah. Roman was on the floor for That's 10. That's right, yeah. Stand up and like, and, and it made me go, ah, oh, I, was, I was into it. Yeah. And then that happened and it's unfortunate. But yeah, uh, for me, it's like, I'll stand. I'll stand my ground. Roman is great, and in 2017, yeah, he was getting like the booze, but he he could work. He could do some cool stuff. It just, I I really think I would have a different opinion if it was just like without the mm. the gimmick that really didn't tie into anything in the in the in the end. Uh, but it it was there's there's a better match between. It's these weird. Two. It's weird. Strowman coming out. Yeah, it, but the again, crowd like, were into him. Like, listen to the pop sure. when Strowman comes out here. Well, I, I haven't I watched him wrestle too much yet. <laughs> I think this was. I think this was around the time. I guess he'd been doing the the like ambulance spot and all of that. I think that Is was. That? I think that was like end of not finished with Not finished think, with you yet. Yeah. Um. But then they go on to set up Undertaker Roman in the Rumble this night. I think don't they? So why would you? Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I, I think the next pay per view would be Roman Braun. I assume. Yeah. And then, but they have the. Shit. Roman, I think, eliminates Undertaker, maybe? Or they definitely have a, a moment where they, like, stare yeah. at each other uh, in this. But all overshadowed by Cena, AJ Styles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, or, or what was overshadowed more? Um, like, AJ Cena or, like, Big Show on, a, on one of those uh, segues to get to the Oh, ring. God. Do you remember this oh, is that fuck. rumble? Yeah. Because... Damn. Cesaro like just sprinted to the ring, but all the big guys are on these yeah. segways, like driving to the yeah, ring. Yeah, true. Fuck. That was funny. Uh, Meltzer gave this a four and a half star. Yeah. Uh, cage match an 8.06. Yeah, so people like this match. Yeah. It's on the higher end for shark cage matches. Um, I realize I've seen two shark cage matches. Live? Yeah. This one? Uh, not this? this one. I saw the, the TakeOver Toronto. I also saw, remember... Big Cass versus The Big Show with Enzo Amore in a, in a shark, shark cage. cage. Yeah, when was that? that? SummerSlam in Brooklyn, Fuck. I think. Was it this year? It might have even been this year or the following year. So they were really pushing the they shark cage. They were really pushing it. I think it, was, I think it was also 2017. Wow. That was a terrible match. Yeah, we didn't pick um, Looking at some other ones, you already mentioned the, uh, was it Chief... Jay Strongbow yeah. versus in Don a shark, They fucking fight in a shark cage. It's so stupid. Um, there was uh, Isaac Yankum versus Bret Hart oh. in a steel cage match with Jerry Lawler in yes, a shark cage. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what else did we have? Randy Savage versus the Honky Tonk Man. Um, Butch Reed versus Ron Simmons. Okay. Uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Razor Ramon. Uh, so, so many great... Classic. Classic. Shark cage matches out there. None involving sharks. No. No sharks were harmed in the making of this show. No. But, but shall we, do you want to go to feedback first or shall we give our pick of the greatest shark cage match? Yeah, uh, I'll go, uh, I'll, fuck, I mean like the Sting Ric Flair one, because it, to me it's, it's not technically, it's not technically a shark cage match. It has someone in one, but regardless so i mean pick it does what the gimmick should do it yeah. keeps jay literally dylan completely just... out of it but dylan's like all right i guess i'm not gonna be involved i will say the one from the 83 buzz sawyer tommy rich was pretty interesting to just watch uh no commentary on this like youtube or network video because it's like fan cam that was pretty cool because it's just like cool to see where 
1983, people were filling this arena to watch this mm. and were like super into it. So it was very interesting. So like, I think that definitely gets my, uh, my, like my nod here, but I'm going to go off. We're going to be on opposite ends. I'm going to stick with my guns and go with the one that gave me the most entertainment. And that was triple H versus wow. Owen Hart with China hanging from the shark cage for no reason at all. It reminded me of Batman in the 60s when he's hanging on the bat ladder and there's a shark. It just reminded me of that. Oh, the, the helicopter? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, why? It's the bat shark bat repellent. repellent. Yeah, yeah, shark repellent. That's wow. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> That's what they were going for yeah. in this bit here. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. Out of all of them, the highlight of shark cage matches will forever be Shane Thorne jumping off something mm. in a shark cage match because it was the sickest thing. But for me, the visual of China is what I wanted from watching such a ridiculous stipulation. So that's why I'm picking it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Owens versus Roman. Yes. Uh, because I think I think probably the best match is Sting versus Ric Flair. Yeah. But I don't get enough Shark Cage. Yeah, um, exactly. This, this one, I think, I think they had a really good match, which was entertaining. Yeah. And Jericho was also great in the Shark Cage. So <laughs> that, for me, as a Shark Cage match, is the best match. You should put this on your Tinder bio. Ask me about the shark cage matches oh, in yeah. wrestling. Because I'll tell you everything about them. I've got fully vaxxed on it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy shark Fully week. vaxxed and full of shark facts. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Do you know any more shark facts? Uh, did you know sharks don't have any bones in their body? <laughs> they have teeth, though. They have teeth, though. Yeah. Uh, sharks also, um, they got, I don't know. I didn't, I had it written down. They eat people. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're provoked. Only if provoked. Yeah. Don't you punch them on the nose? Isn't that a thing? You're supposed to, but yeah, like... You uh, win. You win a fight if you just punch... You're going to punch a shark How do you punch underwater anyway? It would be super slow motion. Slower, yeah. Yeah. It still works. You're dead. You're dead. You yeah. meet a shark, you're dead. What do, I mean, when we, I've seen Brock Lesnar fight a shark for that SummerSlam ad. Oh, true. Remember, yeah, yeah five's a shark. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <It's lit. laughs> and Mark Miro is like, yeah, you can have <laughs> uh, Let's see what you guys are in because I see some feedback here, some two pieces. I'll start. Do you want to start off here? Oh, because you want to read the <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We go to Andrew from Cape Breton who says, this is a weird stipulation match. And even when I saw it when I was a kid, I never remembered the term shark cage. The first match I remember was a Raw match from 95 between Bret Hart and the precursor to Britt Baker, Isaac Yankum, DDS. The person in the shark cage was Jerry Lawler, and he was complaining before the match that he was scared of heights and would get nosebleeds. Sure enough, when he's suspended in a cage, he gets one. Apparently, he had picked his nose beforehand, which got the blood. Ew. Like, what? wrestlers are so weird. Just fucking capsules, dude. Yeah. Uh, of course, seeing my favorite tag team uh, name of TM61 featuring Chaos member Mikey Nichols and Slapjack, I thought I'd go into what TM61 is oh. as it relates to Pokemon. Yes. Starting in the fourth generation of games in 2006, TM61 was a move called Willow Wisp. Yes, we covered this on Up Next about three years yeah, ago, Andrew. We, yeah. Uh, it's a fire type status move that burns the opponent. It is very handy and competitive as the burn status halves a Pokemon's attack stat. However, after 13 years of the same TM, it was changed in 2019, long after the Mighty had fallen. Uh, it is now Guard Swap, which switches the defense and special defense stat boosts. Very situational and not as handy. Oh, oh so TM61 is now considered this. It's, con it's changed it's from changed Will of the Wisp to, to Guard Swap. Well, thank you, it Andrew. It sounds nowhere near as good. Yeah, oh. Guard Swap. I guess that's what 
what's his name Slapjack had to do. Don Swap, yeah. Guard, swap his guard because of that fucking paper plate. He finishes with, lastly, at work, it's very frowned upon to stand under a suspended load as if the load drops, it could lead to a fatality. Usually crane lifts or even my job with scaffolding, the area is flagged off with red flagging and crossing it out with, without permission could lead to someone getting fired. Considering that, shark cage matches are really <laughs> bad ideas. Especially when they're above the ring. Yeah. Like, what if they fall on them? Yeah. It could suck. That would really... Yeah, you could kill someone. You know, in theater, that's why it's bad luck to whistle on a stage. Because it used to be a signal for like people in the, flight, in the flights to like lower and lift things. So if you're Weird. on stage just whistling, this guy might think, oh shit, they need that down. And you've got scenery drop on your head. Jeez. Mm. Wow. Well, Andrew's taught us a lot. Yeah. And didn't give us his favorite shot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. No, he loves TM61, I guess. TM61 uh, yeah. and Bret Hart versus Isaac yeah. Yankin. We go to our second and last. Jesse from The Six. He says, man, Precious Paul sure spent a lot of time hanging around in shark cages. Yeah. When Davey first mentioned this idea for best match ever, I thought it was a joke. But there are a handful of very good oh, matches. It, it was a joke it was to a joke. start with. Yeah, yeah, we're doing Shark Boy next year. Yeah. I found the very first match interesting. I know Stone Cold and other old-timers all thought highly of Buzz Sawyer, but I had never seen his work before. Tommy Rich is something of an unfortunate punchline in wrestling. He won the NWA world title at a young age in 1981 and lost it rather quickly. He never regained that level of spotlight and was kind of seen as a busted flush. But as we see here, that's not a fair assessment. He was crazy over to this Atlanta crowd. Mm. Also interested was Unforgiven 1998. Hunter and DX had already basically turned babyface and were over with the crowd, but were heels in the program. Not a great match. TMDK, the mighty don't kneel, a.k.a. TM61, versus AOP was a fine match, but it had the misfortune of being on the same card as the greatest WWE tag match ever. So it's not well remembered. I'm still baffled Vince fucked up AOP on the main roster. Ultimately, the question of which of these is the best match ever is not a difficult one to answer. It's Sting versus Flair, and it's not even close. Still, I had fun watching back these matches. Take care. Well, thank you, Jesse. Wow, Jesse. So he just, he hates uh, the one I liked, but he loves Sting and Flair, and he's stern on his, his choice. Mm. So he's picking that. Yes. I understand. And I didn't even think I fucked up reading his feedback. No, you did You did good. He probably knew I would read it, so he was like, smaller words. <laughs> Assessment. Yeah, he didn't use any hard words. Ultimately, that's not a hard word. I can read that. Misfortune. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Look at me. I'm either really smart, or he dumbed it down for his audience. <laughs> well, he just, uh, we just saw him recently, so yeah. he's, he, he was reminded of you, and was like, all right. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I gotta know yeah. what words he can say. I gotta say. know what words. He didn't say lit. No. In his thing. Uh, we got to get Jesse on for a best match ever because he's very well versed in his WCW retro wrestling stuff. Oh, yeah. I know he's got, we told him to brew on some ideas, Jesse from the six. He saw the new pad. Mm. He loves he our did. shark he cage. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, so thank you for the feedback there, guys. We uh, post up feedback for any of these shows here on the Patreon on like the weekends because uh, we usually record Tuesdays and Wednesdays for any upcoming mm. stuff you guys see. Yeah, and that's shark cages. Yeah. What's a shark's favorite wrestling faction? Uh, Shark Dynasty. Shark Order, but all right. Shark Order? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like New World Order. Shark the Dark Order! Oh, the, you should have said the Shark Order. What did I say? Shark Order. I was just like, well, that doesn't sound... <laughs> the Shark Order sounds great. Yeah. Like 
the shark order. There, there was what the shark boy had like what he was from the the deep blue sea or the the mm-hmm. tank. Yeah, this training facility called the tank or yeah. something. You've already got Long John Silver in the Shark Order. Long John Silver yeah. in the Shark Order. Wow. Yeah. Comes out with a hook. Yeah, trying to... Oh, hook. Hook could That's... be... Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is the pirate in WWE? Paul Burchill. Yeah, he can come in. Kyrie. Just... Kyrie, obviously, yeah. Oh, a pirate faction. But I don't know. Yeah, there definitely needs to be a, a new pirate in wrestling. It's an untapped gimmick. Like, it failed once and no one wants to touch it, but, like, it's chilling. It's someone's going to... It's there for the taken. To Kyrie, Kyrie just left. That's what I mean. So it's like someone better pick up that. I'd be the pirate. You would be. A, you don't look like a pirate. Does you Kyrie Zane look like a pirate? Yeah, okay. a good pirate. Like a pirate. I'd be a good pirate. Like, like pirates are bad. I can sword fight. That's true. I can fence. You could be more. You're more of a musketeer hmm. than a pirate. Like pirates are mean. They're evil. They like steal people. They Not kill sharks. Not all pirates. Not all pirates. Yeah, they kill sharks. Yeah. Like shark fin Did soup. I? Uh, probably. Mm. They probably hate sharks. Because, like, they get eaten by them and stuff. But they push people off the plank to be fed by the sharks. So they're feeding sharks, therefore... They like sharks. They do. Yeah. That's true. They are feeding sharks. So pirates, good people. Mm. Yeah. That's what we learned here today. We're going to sh- keep up with this Shark Week thing every yeah. year from now on. Shark Week. What, give us ideas for next year's Shark Week uh, and follow the socials for all our shark facts. Oh, yeah. Like... Sharks have uh, glands that can help them feel the temperature changes in water. Did you know a shark can breathe underwater? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> That's why they keep killing people yeah. underwater. Uh, we hope you're enjoying Shark Week and you're celebrating just like us. Go put on some BBC Planet Earth, Blue Planet, David Attenborough. Go put on some Shark Week Discovery. There's Jackass. I think Brad Paisley was doing. There was all these celebrities doing like random Shark Week stuff. So go check them out because I'm going to be checking them out. And uh, and yeah, we we hope you you had a happy Shark Week. Yeah, happy Shark Week, yeah. guys. Yeah, we had a lot of fin. Oh, <laughs> here on Shark Week. That's right. Yeah, the Shark Order. <laughs> uh, we got some other shows coming up. We got a Money in the Bank top five show that is a must listen. Yes, must must. By the time you're listening to this. You may or may not know, but it's a must listen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, then we have what else? We got some other things it's coming. Stacked up. this week. We've got uh, John Cena and I will be uh, doing a watch long and review of Slammiversary. Hell yeah! On Saturday. Uh, What's let, the main? Uh, Kenny versus Sammy right. Callahan. Yeah. Uh, also, the return of the Ultimate X match, uh, which actually the X Division has been pretty good there. Um, so, and who's going to show up? It's Slammiversary, which means. Let's let's get anyone who's been released and will sign a contract with us to show Lon. up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and then it's Money in the Bank this Sunday. So join money. us for the, the watch money, long money, and money. post show for that. Um, yeah, so much going on. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I might try to catch some of that. I might try coming home. I'm going to get be really fucked up this weekend, but I'm going to come okay. back on Sunday and I... I I have it off, so I might try to watch some of it. I, mean, I like Money in the Bank, the gimmick. I think mm. it works pretty – it's interesting to me. Uh, so that's all the stuff we got going on, at, as always, at Up Next Podcast. We almost have 1,000 on Twitter. Why aren't you following us? Yeah, give us a Get us, us to, to, to 1,000. Uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us here on the Patreon, and uh, we'll be in your ears all over the place. So uh, thanks for hanging out in the deep blue sea, in the shark cages, and that's it. Go have a shark steak, not shark fin soup. Don't eat sharks. 
Sharks are your friends, not food. Yes. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. Ahoy! You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.